All right. So, how's your week been going? What's new with you, Sabrina? It has. It, we have gotten curveballs. Curve, 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 curve. But we survived. Well, surviving is good. And yeah. if you didn't notice, I am already recording. Oh, well. Yeah. I could have gave you a heads up, but I did not. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, everybody. I had a hellacious week. But a lot of good came out of it. Uh, my husband finally got his CPAP, and he is sleeping, and he feels amazing. So that's great. Um, and, but we had some curveballs. Well, now you're you're sleeping as well because now you're not listening to him stop breathing and snoring, yeah? Yes. It's it's with all the curveballs. You have to have that silver lining. That's silver lining. My husband is sleeping through the night and I don't have to worry about him not breathing. So, yay. That is that is good. Yay. Otherwise, this week has really kind of kicked my ass. Uh, you've traumatized me uh, with the cat shake coffee. So, I went to the Walmart and I was doing some grocery shopping and went down the coffee <laughs> aisle and like started hyperventilating. Reading the ingredients. <laughs> exactly. Making sure like they should really label that shit like cat shit coffee, like right here. This this area. But Well, I'm sure yeah. the price tag alone would give it away. So I think you're safe yeah, if you're yeah, yeah, I was thinking about if that you're too. buying your but I thought that was <laughs> buying the Walmart brand. I'm like walking really slowly like blending blending down the aisle Nobody <laughs> so, it was weird but so how was your week uh week wasn't terrible finished my internship that's great i uh, don't have to worry about that but i do have four more classes and then i'll have my bachelor's so that so wow I mean, yeah it only took me forever to get it you know of course uh, you know uh 15 years <laughs> Happened. But I will now have a bachelor's, so, you know, my fancy piece of paper will get me a job when I get out, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, other than that, uh, just thinking about our conversation of last week, our podcast last week, and uh, just thinking about all the times growing up, uh, I always say silly things, like... <laughs> Say silly things like, oh, my God, I hope I, you know, re- come back and reincarnate as, you know, whatever, a cat or a bird or – and so that just made me think of all the silly silliness we would say as kids. Yeah, your friend uh, recommended that movie. What was her name? You want to give her a shout-out? Oh, uh, yeah, Lorena. So she actually listened to our podcast and was super excited because the reincarnation part made her remember a movie that her and her husband watched, and so she well, recommended it. It's well, called I Origins. I Origins. So I stayed up till 2.30 in the morning watching that movie. <laughs> Did you actually watch I, it? I watched it. Was it good? It was really good. It was really good. It was about a, pretty much a, a guy that believes in just the science. He's a scientist and believes in just facts. But he's an eye scientist. And I, I wasn't sure if I because, you know, everybody has their hard line. And eyes are my hard line. Like, I don't want to see working on, I don't want to see an operation on an eyeball. Like, eyeballs are my hard line. Yep. So I wasn't really sure how I was going to feel, but I absolutely loved it. But basically the movie is how the eyes are uh, kind of to the soul. And so if you get reincarnated, you'll have the same eyes as the person you were before. And it was a really good movie. The ending got me. She's probably cracking up right now. The ending got me. It was just, I was just like, oh, but it was a great movie. So I stayed up last night and watched it because I watched that trailer I told you to watch the trailer. I was like, okay, I have to watch this. So I got on Amazon Prime and I rented it. I should have just bought the movie because I'm going to want to watch it again. But yeah, well, if you go back into Amazon, do you still have the option to buy it even though you've I don't know. rented it? I've never no? really done that before, but 
I mean, I know where it is, so if I want to buy it, I can log back easily and get it. But it was really good. It was really good. Well, I appreciate. I appreciate like her telling me about it because that was a really good movie, and I was like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> That's really good. What else? Yeah, n- nothing really exciting. Uh, the usual played well. Oh, hi, Leo. <laughs> just won't go away. I love you, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. You played well. Okay. You took a squeaky toy away. I did. I took the squeaky toy away, and now he has the demanding attention. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so you played well. How'd that go? The same as always. Uh, did a couple raid nights. Uh, we're stuck on the same boss. Yeah. So we have been stuck on this boss for about a month now. Hmm. We just can't seem to get our act together. But That's all right. fingers crossed, this week we kill it, move forward. Oh, yeah. Progression. You got this. Yeah. You got this. Do you play any Elder Scrolls? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm in the middle of trying to make a, a guild house right now. And whew, I finally got my first set of tables. And I'm so excited. And now I only have 61 more tables to get to get. <laughs> only 61 more. You got this. I believe in oh, you. Oh, my gosh. It's such a pain. Such pain. And so expensive. I'm just really I'm sad it's not cross-platform because I've played it, I played it before. I was, you know, a Khajiit. I don't remember how far I got in. It was actually the guild hall shenanigans and the crafting. Yeah. It just takes so much, like, and you can't yes. farm it. It and, does. Oh. But I, like, that was when I started playing, that's what I focused on was the crafting. Because there was all of us, like, me, my husband, and his friends. So we had a little group going. And so we were able to, like, speed level really quickly. Yeah. And so we had our own little thing that we were going to do. Like my husband was going to be in charge of like the food and stuff. And I was going to do like gear and stuff. So I immediately went with the crafting. So I'm really glad I did that because it's out of the way. I don't have to ever do it again. But it's really smart to do it on some other tunes so you can get the master writs or whatever. But it's a whew. It's a lot. But I mean, it's really kind of I don't I'm not one of those people that really like to I mean, I do like to group up if we're doing, you know, dungeons or something like that. But when it comes to like questing or like, I like to kind of just go do my own thing. So that's what I do. I'm just obsessive about the crafting and collecting mats and trying to get all this stuff put together. And it's, it's a lot, but it's fun. It's fun for me. Helps my brain. Like I, again, I enjoyed it. Uh, The cooking was really easy because it's easy to get those mats. But when it came down to making gear and I wasn't in a guild, it was just pointless because you can't go any further than where you're at. It's impossible to kill things. But anyway, when it becomes cross-platform, I might hop back in and play (laughs) with you guys. There you go. But until then, wow. Wow. Yeah. I haven't been on WoW in a while, but it's all good. Uh, so when this releases, it will actually be the day before Mother's Day. So shout out to the mothers. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. You have now been serenaded. Happy Mother's Day. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful song. Thank you. Thank like- you. I see you're still working on it. There needs to be a few more lyrics. Yeah. Like, Thanks for not raising an asshole. Thanks for being super awesome. I can't say that to my mom because I'm kind of an asshole. So she definitely raised an asshole. Well, uh, yeah, but I feel like you earned that title. So Thanks for not killing me when I was a baby, <laughs> mom. Thanks. Thanks for letting me live. I know I was a pain in the ass. <laughs> Thanks for loving me and all of my, you know, hard-headedness. Whew. Gotta help my sister, my little sister. Well, both my sisters, all of my sisters have daughters. Oh, God. And if they were anything like me, whew. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Well, happy, 
Happy Mother's Day. Happy, happy Mother's Day to all of your mother types. Happy, happy Mother's Day. Speaking of mothers, my mother. Your mother. Mother. My mother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Listened to our first episode and she said, she texted me and she said, did you mean to do that shower, leave that shower bit in there? And I was like, yes, mom. (laughs) Yes, we meant to do that. She was like, okay, just checking. I was like, okay, I shower. Yes. I like, like, did you mean so. to? Like, yes, it was intentional because yeah, it was intentional. Sabrina doesn't sit in her own filth for a week. She showers every day or every other day, and that's okay. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> I'm 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 doing fine, Mom. I'm doing great. Yes, I, I am you. adulting just fine. Thank you. I wouldn't use the word adulting, but I'm surviving. <laughs> no, I think you adult pretty well. You got a job. You got a house. Well, that is looking true. Looking for a I new mean, house. Yeah. You have yeah. a husband. Yeah. Pay bills. Or a man child, whichever one you want to look at. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. So happy Mother's Day. Yes, happy Mother's Day. To all the moms. In the world. All you moms out there. All of you. In the world. All of you. <laughs> <laughs> I need another beer. We'll go grab one. Yes, I am drinking beer out of a coffee mug. And that's okay. It's okay. It's whatever gets you through. It'll work. All right. Am I going? Am I the starting one today? Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to. (laughs) 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 Thank you for joining us on this episode of Coffee Chaos and Chatter. I am Sarah. I have Sabrina here with me. Again, we're doing the surprise topics. Um, She doesn't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what she's talking about. I'm always very curious, though, because last time she went into space, literally. Yep. And yes, I will say I didn't realize editing would take so long. Mm -hmm. Um, I figured with a very easy program like GarageBand, it would not take me that long at all. But the longer I went editing... The more tips and tricks I found to make it sound better, clearer, less, less loud or more loud or... Whew, girl. It's been fun, though. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> it's, been, <laughs> it's been fun. Fun we And I'm learning a lot. So um, YouTube has been my friend. Like YouTube mm-hmm. editing points and tips and tricks. And I've become the master podcaster searcher. Lots of yeah, errors. Yeah. Errors. I like it. Yes. So lots of errors. Um... Also, while searching those videos, I was also looking up topics to talk about. Topics to talk about. I think I found a really good one for this week. Oh, now I'm excited. Yes. And I'm pretty sure you found a good one this week. I kept it on Earth this time. Yeah, me too. Oh, look, we're in the... (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) We are. We're doing great. Two episodes in, we are winning. Look at this. All right. Look at this. All right. So I'll let you go first this time since I went yeah. first last time. So okay. you can go first and we'll All right. we'll, we'll have fun with this. So hold on to your knickers, people. Uh, knickers? Oh, wait. Before we just kidding. go to this, <laughs> Rewind. shout out. <laughs> Before we go into this, just shout out to everybody in Washington State. Woo-woo. Texas. Yeah, yeah. Virginia. Yep. And 
my friend in Germany. So now, hey, friend in Germany, thank you for listening. Yeah, friend in Germany, you have made us global, and we appreciate you. I know, I'm so excited. Pristine worldwide. What's that on a uh, Step Brothers Boats and Hose? Pristine. Uh, you lost me because haven't watched oh. it. <gasps> what? No, nah, I haven't watched oh, it. Oh my god. Oh. Do not tell my husband that. Okay. He will probably have a stroke. Anyways, it's hilarious. Um, yes, thank you to everybody who listened. And to those of you that gave us feedback, we really, really appreciated it. So I hope we knock your socks off with this one. <laughs> <laughs> what? I had a yawn. I'm so sorry. I was holding my breath. <laughs> and then I tried to stop it. It didn't work. <laughs> I was like, are you having a seizure? <laughs> You're gonna have to edit all this. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You're like frozen. Okay. <laughs> oh. I was like, don't yawn, don't yawn, don't yawn, yawn. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> it did not work. gotta try to regroup now okay oh fuck that was hilarious now i'm like really hot okay <laughs> you are pretty hot yes uh so my topic today is sarah did you know that there are different labels for murderers no because i just thought it was a murderer yeah mm-hmm. there are different types of murderers so the three main ones, which are which is what I'm going to talk about today. Okay. That we have mass murderers, spree killers, and then serial killers, and they're all three different things. Okay, okay, okay. So I have heard of them. I just never realized. But they actually are in the criminology world. They are actually labeled as these three things. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Okay. I know it's not outer space kind of out there but next week is going to be out there so just get ready folks no why why (laughs) wait is it about saturn is it about your home planet um no no okay that's fine i'll do although i could do a bit about my home planet i'm sure okay so um i got this from thoughtco.com and this article was written by charles montaldo in june of 2019 so it's pretty recent information and i've kind of added some short stories to kind of give you examples so we're going to just jump right into it okay all right let's go i'm excited yay all right multiple murders are uh murders are people who have killed more than one victim based on a pattern of their murders multiple killers are classified into three basic categories mass murderers spree killers, and serial killers. Rampage killers is a relative new name given to both mass murderers and spree killers. So you may hear rampage killers and that's what they're talking about. So are they like a combo of a mass murderer and a spree killer? Or is it just a new term or a different term? I think it's just a relatively new term. They're still trying to work out the kinks on what to call these people. I mean, if you just want to call them murderers, I'm pretty sure everybody would understand it, but we have to give them names. Uh, So we're going to dive into mass murders. Mass murderers kill four or more people in one location during one continuous period of time. Whether it is done uh, within a few minutes or over a period of days, mass murderers usually commit murder at one location. 
mass murders can be committed by a single individual or a group of people. Killers who murder several members of their family also fall into this mass murder category. An example of a mass murder would be Richard Speck. On July 14, 1966, Speck systematically tortured, raped, and killed eight nursing students from South Chicago Community Hospital. All the murders were committed in a single night in the nurse's South Chicago townhouse, which had been converted into a dormitory. That's really kind of fucked up. And I really couldn't find much on this guy because I was thinking maybe I would do a thing on him. Uh, but I really didn't find out, find much information. I will keep looking. Um, another example of a mass murder would be Terry Lynn Nichols, a mass murderer convicted of conspiring with Timothy McVeigh to blow up the Alfred P. Murphy Federal Building in Oklahoma City, also known as the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, and that was on April 19th, 95. The bombing resulted in the deaths of 168 people, including children. Uh, Nichols was given a life sentence uh, after the jury deadlocked on the death penalty, he received 162 consecutive life terms on federal charges of murder. Uh, and then McVeigh was executed on June 11, 2001, after being found guilty of actually detonating the bomb. Now, this is where I kind of want to, like, can you imagine for this guy, and I think it would kind of be poetic justice, if you had to be reincarnated 162 <laughs> times to serve this. To serve this? Like, whew, talk about some shit. Um, the top mass murderers, they are com- the top three are usually, usually, not not all the time, uh, but they're usually committed by terrorists, which is number one. The one that sticks out the most to me would be 9-11. Yeah. Cults are number two in the top mass murderer list. An example of that would be Jonestown. The cult was called the People Temple. On November 18th, 1978, a total of 918 people died at a settlement. And I actually saw a documentary on that one, and I'm going to do an episode because whew, that was a ride uh, and then obviously just individuals which the example would be the Oklahoma City bombing it was two individuals so that's mass murders I didn't realize Timothy McVeigh had a sidekick like I I always thought it was just him and even in most of the readings I've done it just talks about like his schematics his plan like where he staged it all I didn't realize he had an accomplice so that's interesting yeah he had an accomplice he had a uh, a robin to his batman sounds like it and he's now serving 162 life sentences whether that be reincarnated or not. Could you imagine having to do one of those sentences like on another planet where your lifespan is minimum, I don't know, 400 years? No. (laughs) Nope. You still wouldn't even cover them all. Like, you still... (laughs) I know. You still wouldn't live long enough to... Poetic. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's insane to me. Okay. So, spree killers. Spree killers, sometimes referred to as rampage killers, murder two or more victims, but in more than one location. Although their murders occur in separate locations, their spree is considered a single event because there is no cooling off period between murders, which means they're just consistently killing people. Going from place to place, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the difference between mass murders, spree killers, and serial killers is the source for ongoing debate among criminologists. While experts agree with the general description of a spree killer, the term is often dropped and either mass or serial murder is used in its place. So spree killers are not a, it's usually either upgraded or downgraded to one or the other. Yeah. But spree killers is an actual term. 
Yeah. An example of a spree killer could be Robert Poland. In October of 75, he killed one student and wounded five others at an Ottawa high school after earlier raping and stabbing a 17-year-old friend to death. Now, I'm going to point out, you don't rape and stab your friends. No, you don't. They weren't friends. <laughs> no, they they don't. No. You don't rape and stab your friends. So used to be a friend, now is a victim. Yeah. I, I mean, you just you don't rape and stab your friends. Folks, we don't rape and stab our friends. Don't be like Robert Poland, okay? Um, another example would be Charles Darkweather. Between December nineteen fifty seven and January nineteen fifty eight, Starkweather and his fourteen year old girlfriend by his side killed eleven people in Nebraska and Wyoming. Starkweather was executed by electrocution seventeen months after his conviction. They didn't tell me how old he was, but they made it very clear he had a fourteen year old girlfriend. Uh, and then my last example, which I thought this was interesting remember this a little bit but I don't remember this like as clearly as I do some others but William Balfour he's known for the Jennifer Hudson family murders uh William murdered 29 year old Jason Hudson and his mother Darnell Donerson uh this occurred October 24 2008 they were both discovered shot to death inside Donerson's home in Chicago Illinois the victims were brother and mother of singer Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer's seven-year-old nephew, Julian King, the son of her elder sister, Julia Hudson, was initially reported missing and an Amber Alert was issued. Julian King's body was found on October 27th in Chicago Westside area in a parked car matching the Amber Alert description. Autopsy results indicated that Julian's death was due to multiple gunshot wounds. A pistol found in the Westside Banquet lot was confirmed to be the murder weapon. When asked why, William said because he was angry, his wife wanted a divorce and was seeing someone else. Is that not fucked up? Oh, so that's like the dude version of snapped. Yeah, yeah, essentially. I mean, he, literally, he just snapped. Well, that's pretty sad, though. Like, he just went on a rampage and killed his whole family because he had his feelings fucking hurt. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, okay. People are fucked up. Oh, it gets better. Oh, good. Okay. Now everybody knows serial killers. Yeah. I know you probably think at least one or two right off the top of your head, but the actual definition of the serial killer is they murder three or more victims, but each victim is killed on a separate occasion. Unlike mass murderers and spree killers, serial killers usually select their victims and have cooling off periods between murders. Um, a pl- they plan their crimes carefully, stalk their next victim, and then commit the murder. Some serial killers travel widely to find their next victim, such as Ted Bundy or Israel Kiev, but others remain in the same general geographic area. So they don't have to go nation or worldwide. They can stay in the same area, but still be considered a serial killer. Yeah. Serial killers often demonstrate specific patterns that can be easily identified by police investigators. What motivates serial killers remains a mystery. However, their behavior often fits into specific subtypes. In 1988, Ronald Holmes, a criminologist from the University of Louisville, who specialized in the study of serial killers, identified four subtypes of serial killers. Are you ready for these? (laughs) Jeez, like, okay, so you have your serial killers, and then they're then further grouped into subtypes of serial killers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. All right. So the four main subtypes of serial killers. The first one we're going to cover is called the visionary, usually psychotic, 
the visionary is compelled to murder because they hear voices or see visions ordering them to kill certain kinds of people. The son of Sam is a prime example of a visionary killer. I've got a couple more here. Herbert Mullen was a visionary serial killer who murdered 13 people in the early 1970s, believed that American casualties in the Vietnam War were somehow preventing a catastrophic earthquake in California. As the war wound down and the U.S. casualties decreased, Mullen claimed that a supreme voice told him to raise the number of human sacrifices in order to delay the earthquake that would plunge California into the ocean. Okay, so, yep. Mm-hmm. And now, you said 1970s, so were these people under the influence of drugs as well? Possible. I'm going to have to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, And then obviously, uh, the son of Sam is frequently cited as a classic example of the visionary serial killer. He was known to use a 44 caliber pistol. Yeah, but I have 44 caliber killer. Oh, also known as the 44 caliber killer. That helps if I can read. Sorry, people. (laughs) Okay. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, He shot 13 people during his reign of terror in New York City during 1976 and 1977. And he wrote handwritten letters that he sent to the police and the press prior to his arrest. The son of Sam claimed that Satan was ordering him to kill. So, uh, and that's the end of the visionary subtype. So the next subtype is mission-oriented. They target specific groups of people who they believe to be unworthy to live and without whom the world would be a better place. According to thecrimemag.com, one of the most famous criminals would be Charles Manson, might also be considered a mission-oriented killer he actually never killed anyone but persuaded and manipulated enough to force others to do that for him and as we all know charles manson he tried to create this race war between whites and blacks so he could be the leader of the world and bring everybody back together he was quite out there he was quite out there yes yes he was um another one that really kind of shocked me was jack the ripper would fit into this category because he possibly had a particular hatred for women. In the letters that he sent to the police, he gave good sense of it by calling his victim whores. So they would put him in a mission oriented in that subtype because he hated women. And then we have the third subtype is the hedonistic killers. These people kill for the thrill of it because they enjoy the act of killing, sometimes become sexually aroused during the act of murder. So according to the psychologytoday.com, sex is the primary motivation for hedonistic lust killers, uh, regardless of whether the victims are alive or dead. As such, necrophilia is a frequent aspect of these kinds, these subtypes. Edmund Kemper, for example, returned to have... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he would return to have sex with the abandoned and decomposed corpses of his young female victims long after killing them. Wait, the decomposed? Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like, it, pro- uh, it probably didn't even smell I good. Don't. Like... That puts a whole new meaning to fish taco. Like, what? <laughs> That's disgusting that I'm, like, I'm not going to get that out of my head. I know. I'm sorry. It's written. I read it. I should have thought. I didn't think. I was just no, it's- so important. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. 
Uh, it it doesn't get better. So we're gonna just hang in there. We're gonna get through this. It doesn't guys. get better. the fourth one is even <laughs> worse. We're what? gonna do this. I'm really, really glad I went first, so we didn't have to end on this because for many of these lust killers is what we're gonna call them now. Sexual gratification often requires mutilation of their victims, drinking their blood, and cannibalism. Blech. Okay, got through it. So like Hannibal Lecter? Yes, yes. Okay, yep, he liked eating them. Uh, Lust killers typically need intimate skin-to-skin contact in their killings and often use a knife or strangulation to murder, so they want to touch when they kill. Uh, They are highly organized in their crimes and normally fantasize extensively about murders. So That's really weird. Jeffrey Dahmer is a classic hedonistic lust killer. And I don't want to go too much into it because it's really gross. But I will probably eventually one day do that. I just, whew. all right, guys. Yeah, I was going to say that would be like a, like a lot of these would be really good topics to talk about further. Uh, one more subtitle. Right. One more sub. Yep. Subcategory. Yeah. Whew. All right, guys. We got through that one. All right. This one is. <laughs> I have to yawn. I keep holding my breath. I know. <laughs> Stop holding your breath. I can't help it. I'm so interested. (laughs) Just breathe. No. Just breathe. Power oriented is the next, the last one. Uh, These killers, they kill to exert ultimate control over their victim. These murderers are not psychotic, but they are obsessed with capturing and controlling their victims and forcing them to obey their very command. They say child abductors are usually going to be more on this mission, but they also classified like the KKK under this that they're mission oriented. Wait, how would the how would the KKK be under that? I feel like they would be more psychotic, but they say because they target one. Oh, yeah, you're right. They could actually go under quite a few. Yeah, well, like, they would be more under, like, the Marilyn Manson concept, I would think, where, like... Yeah, the visionary. Yeah, that would make a lot more sense. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably because they do target a certain... But that would be the... That would be a... I don't know. Hold on. Maybe a... Mission? The mission-focused ones? Yeah. Oh, it does say mission-oriented. I put it in the wrong one. So the KKK is mission-oriented, not power-oriented. My apologies. Ted Bundy, he is under the power-oriented subtitle. Cunning and charming psychopath who kidnapped, raped, and murdered more than 30 women in seven states between 1974 and 1978. He would typically approach his victims in public places, feigning an injury or disability, uh, or impersonating uh, authority figures before overpowering and assaulting them in secluded locations. Uh, He would sometimes revisit his victims and grooming and performing sex acts with their decomposing corpses. Anyways, um, yes, it's dead. I don't understand the the necrophilia aspect of this. I don't. Like, I know that these people are, like, messed up in the brain. I get that. But at the same time, like... I don't get the no. yeah. nope. Yeah. So uh, I I don't. Uh, Buddy <laughs> is, was 
a so-called power control serial killer. Uh, the primary motivation of his kills was to dominate his victims. He enjoyed torturing his prey and found it sexually arousing, but the act of the murder was what was most satisfying and the final expression of power and control over his victims. And then I have one little more bit down here. According to reports issued by the FBI, there is no single identifying cause or factor that leads to the development of a serial killer. Rather, there is a multitude of factors that contribute to their development. The most significant factor of a serial killer's persona decision is choosing to pursue their crimes. The end. Hmm. That's really great. Like the whole thing is crazy. Mm. And I kept just thinking of different movies like or TV shows that I could like mentally tie to these things. But, but I know there's a Quentin Tarantino movie with Kurt Russell in it. I cannot remember the name, but he does the same thing as like Ted Bundy. He meets these really gorgeous women in bars and convinces them to go back with him and then he starts to torture them and it just becomes this crazy movie. It's very Quentin Tarantino, but yeah. yeah. It's it's um and then like where would the Kodiak killer fall under that? The Zodiac killer? I think you would be There you go. <laughs> Not Kodiak. <laughs> Zodiac. Uh, I mean, you, you were close. You were, so you were there. close. You had it. Yeah. I, I just. The Odeon part I got. I think he would be probably more of the. Well, he also wrote note too. So I don't think he'd be mission oriented because he killed everybody. He didn't care. Maybe a visionary. But does he. Oh, I guess so. Like nobody even one knows who it is. Because he's psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. I would say either visionary or power oriented. He may have enjoyed the kill or having control over his victims because he did it often. So I'd probably put him in one of those two categories. That's interesting. But the necrophilia is very weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it just made my skin crawl. And I was like, "Mm, well, I got to put it in. So y'all did it. We did it together. (laughs) Made it through. Thank y'all. Made it. Teamwork. Teamwork is the dream work. So that's mine. That's mine for this this time. I kept it on Earth. I know. You did. I will. I'll be back in space soon. Now you know the difference between murders. So if you're ever attacked, just ask him. Maybe maybe they'll save your life. Hey. <laughs> you know. Now if he says I'm a power-oriented killer, you're fucked. Just start saying your prayers because there's nothing you can do. But if he's psychotic. Or the other one. What's the other one? What's the third one? Mission. They're the ones that enjoy the sex with the dead people. Hedonistic. Lust killers. That's a whole new meaning to lust. Lust. I'm disturbed. Trust me, I had to sleep on this for like a week and I was like, how am I going to do this? Lots of booze, people. (laughs) Beer and coffee cups. Beer and coffee cups. (laughs) We're ending on a less psychotic note. Oh, thank God. So that's a win. Okay. Yes. In doing my research, I got lost in the rabbit hole of searching topics like I always do. And it started out as I was scrolling my little Facebook news feed. What? Oh, okay. I was about to say, don't, don't. No. Well, maybe not, maybe not this place because there's nothing super exciting about it. It's just in North Carolina, there's a little island that has been abandoned. Just based on, like, uh, the hurricanes that have ravaged it over the years. Um, The government did come in and kind of restore some of the houses that were still in good repair. Um, And you can see all the various hurricanes that have hit it over the years. But it was like a European fishing and export 
town back in the 1700s, and then over time it just went to nothing, and now it's just an abandoned town. So my search started there, and then I, you know, got lost in the, ooh, well, maybe I can find haunted towns or ghost towns, or and my topic isn't any of those. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. So you just drug us down. Like, I've drug us down this, I don't know, grave. And now you're digging us even further down the rabbit hole down the grave. So let's do it. Yeah, it's also on Earth. You know, it's it's cool. But I ended up deciding that I would cover Herculaneum. That is in Campania, Italy. Oh. Has nothing to do. Like, it's not even an abandoned town. It was a town destroyed by Vesuvius. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Yep. So. I love Italy. Okay. So, story time. Yeah, and I toured Herculaneum. When I first got there, I went on a tour. Um, It was mostly closed, like the visitor center wasn't open and they weren't doing tours. So we just, like we could pay to get in. I think it was 10 euro to get in. And then we just kind of walked around and looked at things ourselves. Um, There's not a lot of placards up. So it was kind of a Google guessing game as we (laughs) went through the, you know, the tour. We didn't even have a map. Earlier today, I was going through all the pictures I took, and I was like, oh, well, that's in this article that I read. Oh, that's in this article, you know? So I, I found that pretty interesting. Um, most of the information that I'm reading for this podcast today is from the history.com or PBS. Awesome. Because they do a lot of, like, historical things. So uh, to kick this off, I first wanted to talk about, like, some cool little facts. Even though Mount Vesuvius is the only active volcano on the European mainland, <laughs> Mount Etna is also the world's most active volcano in the world, which is also Italian, but it just happens to be on Sicily. So not the mainland on an island. Angry bitch. Much excited. Yeah, Mount Etna is an angry bitch. Yes. Yeah, she's always going. So, always. So Mount Vesuvius being the only active volcano, I know that's terrifying to think. Its last major eruption was in 1631, but its last, like, eruption activity was in 1944. Oh, wow. So she's still, she's still kicking. Yeah. I remember when I was living there, every year they would do, like, a, this is the safety brief. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Roman emperor, thumb up, thumb down. <laughs> but they would do, like, a, a safety brief just saying, like, this is the most active regions. This is what to expect if it erupts. Basically, we're all dead. We should have warning way beforehand, but if not, I hope you, hope you enjoyed your life. <laughs> the thing that makes Vesuvius even more deadly is the underground gas that it stores, and it's not just in the basin of Vesuvius. It actually spreads out into Pozzuoli, uh, Campania, in that region. So if the volcano were to go off, we would probably die the same way that the people of the Herculaneum died, which I will get into. Well, we don't want you to die. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, I'm glad I'm back in the States where I don't have millions of miles of gaseous death underneath me. But the Vesuvius in the background is an amazing sight. It is. Just amazing. Because it's like, it's so beautiful. I think it's like that living on the edge because you just know that that's an active volcano and the size of it from far away is still huge. And you're like, yeah, if that goes off, like I'm, I'm going to see Jesus. I'm dead. Like, it's just beautiful. Anyways, continue. Sorry. No, 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 you're good. Uh, the reason that an eruption from Vesuvius would be the most catastrophic in this time is because there's around 700,000 people living within the death zone of that volcano alone. That's not including the outlier towns and cities. Wow. So it'd it'd be a really bad day. Wow. Yes. So it is Mm -hmm. actually uh, one of the most monitored volcano, like volcano regions in the world, just based on population, not so much volcanic activity. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because... 
Could you imagine? No, no. It would be a very split second moment of terror and then death, I'm sure. Now, I know that this is like pretty serious, but I'm about to crack a joke. I really hope that those people are better than like weathermen because, you know, in East Texas, you got tornadoes, warnings, and you never know when a tornado's coming. Everything is going to be tornado activity. Yes. And then the one time they're like, no, there's no tornado activity, like 12 touchdowns. There's a tornado. Yes. So I really hope that the information <laughs> yes. is better than the information that we get because I know that the weather people, the weathermen, weather women, they do the best that they can do. I just really hope that their stuff is a lot more more accurate. Yes. 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 If I remember correctly, they have like the seismic monitors placed around to like monitor the ground movement and underground movement. Oh, okay. And I I want to say they have a satellite like what they use to monitor uh, earthquakes and stuff. Oh, okay. I want to say they also have that also prompted. But again, just for Vesuvius. If Vesuvius goes off like it did in 79 AD, yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Nothing. Just hope that more people are smart enough to not hang around. Right. I don't know. But Pompeii didn't have a warning. So, yeah, I was about to say, I wonder what the warning system Like, do they give you two days heads notice? Like, hey, two days, we're all going to die. You can either get out or hold on. You know, you just kind of wonder. Because if, can you imagine if it was like only a couple of that many people trying to essentially escape? It'll be no. madness. Yeah, it, yeah, it'd be terrible, especially that many people. And not only that, but it also depends, uh, like it depends on the atmospherics and the like air surrounding. So like the volcano could erupt and just, you know, mushroom cloud over the whole area like a nuke or it could sway one way or another. Yeah, with the Italian traffic, ain't nowhere anytime soon. The eruptions of Mount Vesuvius, again, 79 AD, they're saying it happened sometime around the end of, of August, so like the 24th, 25th, but some historians and archaeologists are saying that it could have been as late as October just due to the clothing material that they found on some of the preserved bodies, as well as the types of fruits and vegetables found preserved at Herculaneum. It signified a later time in the year, so they're thinking it's somewhere between there. And the other reason they found this out is because one of the uh, scribes from the Herculaneum was able to get away and wrote two letters detailing the events that happened for Vesuvius. Cool. So that's pretty cool. Um, again, Pompeii didn't have much of a warning, like the volcano erupted and they were instantly covered in ash and volcanic debris. Um, Vesuvius sent pyroclastic flows of molten rock, mud, and ash. So the volcano didn't erupt just once. It erupted, if I read right, I think six times within an 18-hour period. Wow. So the first eruption, of course, was the worst in terms of debris, pumice stone, you know, molten rock, molten bits of debris, and again mud and ash so Pompeii didn't have a warning most people were either instantly covered in ash or you know buried alive in their homes or crushed by a building yeah um so the people of Herculaneum are watching this go on and they're like crap we should probably grab our stuff and go <laughs> can you imagine your neighbors just like burning and you're sitting there like the fuck no <laughs> Why is God mad at us? Like, because back then you have to think that they believed in the gods. Like, what did we do to piss off the gods? Yeah, like, what? How did we do this? Who didn't do the Sundance? Who did not do the Sundance? <laughs> <laughs> who didn't Who didn't think Zeus today? No, that's Greek. Oh, well, they had some Greek stuff, but it was mostly, like, Roman. Yeah, it was Greek. Yeah, the... Because the Herculaneum is actually named after Hercules, 
Like the town is dedicated to Hercules. Hercules, Hercules. Yeah, a Greek Roman town. It was also thought that the town was used by wealthy Romans for like a nice seaside retreat or like a vacation during the summer, fall time, autumn time. They actually thought were thought to have completely evacuated the city. But in 1982, when further excavations revealed that there were about 300 human remains in the boathouses. Wow. And so they're not sure if the people that were in the boathouses just didn't have time to board the boat before the volcano did its thing or if they were trying to hide out in there and outlast the eruptions. So that's still yet to be determined. But uh, some of the human remains had like luxurious items on them, gold bangles, rings, uh, coin purses, and then others just were... Uh, lower wealth personnel or like your slaves so they were thinking okay so i here's my question okay first of all about the time i mean it they didn't find any pumpkin spice so clearly it was not october second of all i was thinking that it was probably like their slaves or caretakers of the estate while they're away but yeah that's pretty that's crazy or they got titanic and just weren't allowed to get on the boat yeah and like nobody really knows because there was such a diversity in age, sex, uh, wealthy, not wealthy, that they just think they either didn't have time to get on a boat to get off the island or, you know, they were told to just wait here, we're going to drop these people off, come back, or if they just thought that this was the safest place for them to hide out. Yep, they got Titanic. They did. When Vesuvius erupted, it sent a 10-mile mushroom cloud of debris and ash and pumice stone into the stratosphere and proceeded to rain down destruction on Pompeii. It wasn't until around 1 a.m. the next day that a cloud of hot ash and gas surged down the western side of Vesuvius, which is where Herculaneum was, completely engulfing the city, burning or suffocating everyone that remained in the town. So those 300 people, they suffered. Well, I don't think they suffered. It was pretty quick. Archaeologists and uh, volcanologists say that the cloud moved at speeds around 100 miles per hour or 160 kilometers per hour. Wow. And the heat surge was around 480 degrees Fahrenheit or 250 degrees Celsius. Wow. The heat was intense enough to instantly incinerate flesh and the pressure from the heat and the the speed of the, the gas cloud caused brains to burst, leaving holes and intense fracturings of the skeletal remains. Wow. So they died instantly. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's the only good thing you can take out of that. Like if a volcano erupts, I'm going to die instantly. Well, that's only if a gas cloud comes at you at, you know, 100 miles an hour. That's, you know, 400 degrees. I thought Texas was hot and humid. Whew, that's crazy. It's like putting somebody in a giant oven and turning a fan on. A very, yeah. a very large fan. That's terrifying. Anyways, moving on. The Herculaneum, the city of Herculaneum, was buried under 60 feet or 20 meters of ash and mud. But that worked out for archaeologists and volcanologists and, well, like, there was a pretty large multitude of, you know, uh, historians and stuff that looked into this. But it perfectly preserved the town. Wow. It preserved the town so well that they were able to find papyrus scrolls and books still intact in what they call the Via de Papyri. Wow. Works for me. Yeah, they were able to um, understand the lives of these people. Like, that's how they were able to determine that this was a more wealthy, like, Roman seaside retreat. 
1738, official excavations uh, by a French military engineer, mm -hmm. he started discovering life-size bronze and marble statues of, like, Greek and Roman gods around the, the town. Um, he was also able to find wall paintings, and he was the one that found all of the paper that was, like, perfectly intact. It was just a little bit singed, but it was still perfectly intact. That is crazy. By 1755, King Charles inaugurated the Royal Academy in Naples and dedicated mapping the site and publishing any dis significant discoveries. Three centuries later, they are still digging to find the whole wow. of Herculaneum, as well as Pompeii. Pompeii, they don't think they have fully uncovered in three centuries. Wow. The I think the coolest thing is, like, it's not as popular as Pompeii, but it's so much more well-preserved. I think the excitement of Pompeii was it was the first one to be originally discovered. You know, they uncovered a lot more of it than the Herculaneum, uh, just due to the fact that it wasn't buried as much. I think they said maybe five meters of ash. Yeah. So only a, a few feet, you know, 15 feet up compared to 60 feet. Wow. Do you know how long it was between them finding Pompeii and them finding uh, Herculaneum? I want to say it was only, what I read was only a couple of years difference. Wow, that's awesome. I would have to look it up. It's on the uh, the PBS, I believe. It's on the PBS article that I read. And it, it was only a couple okay. of years. I want to say 1734-ish is when they first kind of stumbled across Pompeii. Uh, and then 1738, they realized that there were other cities. There's a few more cities that were also affected by Vesuvius, but not to the level of Pompeii and Herculean anymore. Yeah. Okay. We'll post that on the website. Yeah, for sure. For our listeners. Uh, the I think the coolest thing about, uh, you know, I never actually went to Pompeii when I was in Italy. Never. I didn't even what? go. I know. <laughs> I know. Like, Every time we planned a trip to go, either I had to work or the weather was too bad to go or... Yeah, but you did get to go see Her Herculaneum. So, I mean, it's kind of, they're hand in hand. I mean, you heard my stories from Pompeii. I, yeah. Pompeii listeners, if you ever have a chance to go to Italy, you have to go see the Vatican. You have to hike up Vesuvius. Yes, I know it's active, but you got to do it. <laughs> you have to go see Pompeii or Herculaneum. And you have to go see the Leaning Tower of Pisa. However, if I don't ever see the Leaning Tower of Pisa for the rest of my life, I I would be totally okay with that. But that was one of the things I wanted to do. And then I was Leaning Fucking Tower. Woohoo. But it is actually kind of cool. But yes, Pompeii. And I'm sure that Herculaneum was probably just as amazing as walking through and seeing how these things are still preserved in these houses, like bowls and the things on the wall and walls. They actually have walls. Like you just, you try to imagine this total destruction, but you're walking through a town on cobblestone that these people built centuries ago. The Romans, the Greeks. Yeah. Yeah. And they're still, their houses are still standing. Like their kitchen table has still got a bowl on. It. it's life-changing but okay sorry no, no no i was just gonna add to that the another thing that led them to believe that this was a more luxurious area is just the the paintings themselves the mosaic tiles were very vibrant in color um i actually got a picture yeah. of two of the intact like one was a flooring like a marble flooring uh, I want to say it was Poseidon, but I couldn't find it in my research, and I didn't get a pamphlet, you know, from the the tour. Yeah. And then the if you Google it, it's a really famous wall mosaic. Like it is still just as colorful as it had been in seventy nine AD. It's insane how colorful it is. So crazy. The kitchen area and like their bathroom area is 
perfectly preserved as if, you know, they just got up one morning and then been gone. <laughs> Never came back. Yep. So that's pretty cool. I think the reason Pompeii is also a little more interesting is because they have those plaster Paris like castings of the body figures. Whereas yeah. here in the Herculaneum is just the skeletal remains. So yeah. I guess it's not as exciting as shadow people, but Well it's still really awesome though. I mean if you're a huge history buff, like I mean, it's there. That's that's what happened. You know, it is what it is. But I think for me, like I was I was still a child in Italy, but it was just surreal to walk down cobblestone streets that were centuries old, looking at these houses and being so young and not really like you understood, okay, a volcano erupted, these people died. Like you understand that, but you don't understand the magnitude of what happened. And then as you get older, start understanding. It really kind of just hits home sometimes. Like, wow, I was able to see that. Like I was able to walk down those streets. It and just to like we hiked up Vesuvius. Now, granted, coming back down Vesuvius, I slid on my ass <laughs> most of the way. But <laughs> But that's just me. I'm clumsy. But I mean, we hiked up Vesuvius and I got to look in that active volcano. Yeah. And I mean, it was just, you know, hiking up, you're just like, oh, it's a fucking hike. And you're a kid and you're just like, this is it's hot. It's, it's like humid. All the I don't want to be yeah. here. There's. What is happening? (laughs) But then later on in life, I'm really glad that I did it because when we went over that stuff in school and like stuff like now, I can still see the inside of that volcano. I mean, I was there. I was I was looking down into the active volcano. And just if that if Vesuvius wouldn't have woken up at that point, like there, I would not be here right now. But no, you'd be vaporized for sure. And we hiked up Etna, uh, Mount Etna in uh, Sicily, but we yep. we could only go to a certain point because she was just spitting. But we went as far as we could, and then we had to come back because she was she was getting angrier as the days were on while we were there. <laughs> so yeah, and I think she's just always angry anyway. So. Oh, she's a mean bitch. I'm telling you, I don't know who pissed her <laughs> off, but they need to apologize. ASAP. For sure. She's an angry bitch. That, that is all I have about the eruption of Vesuvius in 17, or 79 AD and the poor people of the Herculaneum. That's so cool. I can definitely post pictures that I've taken personally and then again the links for these two uh, sources that I read from today. Yep. Yep. I'll see if I can't find some from when we went up Vesuvius. I'll just add them. Yeah. I'm sure I've got photos from Italy. We'll just we just throw some shit in there, you know, let people see. <laughs> look at it, look at it. Look at it now. And, like, even though yeah. I was frustrated living in Italy some days, most days, like, I do mm. miss those weekends of just, oh, let's go look at this ruins or let's just drive down to, you know, Rome and go check out those ruins. And there's so much history in Europe, it's insane. And then oh yeah, you've got angry volcanoes as well. Angry. <laughs> much exciting. Yeah, good topic. That was good. Yeah, yours was actually pretty entertaining too because I did not realize there were four subcategories of serial killers and it's like the more you know kind of moment. After I had done my paper, honestly, I felt like I was okay not <laughs> I was okay with just serial killers. Good with that. So, yeah. So, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Coffee Chaos Chatter. 
And if you'd like to look at our lovely pictures or click on a link that we've read from, uh, you can visit our webpage, coffeechaoschatter.com. And if you want to help support us, you can go to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com backslash coffeechaoschatter. If you want to donate, you can do that on Patreon. We're going to be doing a special live interview type stuff and sending out postcards and stickers for our Patreon donors. Um, and we appreciate, appreciate every donation. For sure. Yeah. Your listening support means a lot to us. So. Yes. Yes. Please like us on wherever you're listening to us. If it's Spotify or iTunes, uh, leave us a good review. Give us a five-star rating. That really helps boost our, our stuff up. Give us a follow. So then we'd be able to do more fun things. Give us a follow so you get all of the new release date. Uh, well, we're really just releasing on Saturdays. That's just the way it's going. If you would like to chat with us or you have a story that you want us to talk about or tell us your story, you can email us at coffeechaoschatter at gmail.com, which is also on our webpage. It's very user-friendly, or at least I've tried to make it user-friendly. Anything else that I'm missing? I don't think that's about it. We're on most major podcast platforms, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, what else? Uh, Google Podcasts iHeartRadio. Tune in. iHeartRadio. Yeah. If you have a platform that you want us to add, email us so we can go ahead and get that set up for you. We don't mind adding more platforms. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, we covered two pretty fun topics, I think. They're very random. The Serena stuck to the, the murder crime part of our name, but I did not. I don't know if I will. I might if I find a cool little area in the world that is haunted and abandoned and something crazy happened, but we'll see. Heck yeah. Tune in next week for two new topics. For some secret topics. <laughs> secret topics. And again, tune in next week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you. I hope. Thank you. Hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. And shout out to all the moms. Moms. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Love you, Mom. Love you. Bye.